Hello and welcome to Signals from the Hill. My name's Stephen Walsh. Coming up, we've got the first part of a conversation with Katrina Chapman and Elizabeth Querstret, all about their process and the work they've produced. But first, some news and some opportunities to meet some Avery Hill publishing creators and grab our books at a few events dotted across the month. The big news is that we'll be at Thought Bubble up in Leeds on the 22nd and 23rd of September, and you can find us at Table 38 in Victoria Hall. We'll have a selection of our books, old and new, on sale, and you'll find a good number of our creators all around the show itself. We're also currently running an offer in our web store where you can save on shipping costs by collecting any orders you currently place at Thought Bubble instead of having them posted out to you. If you use the offer code THOUGHTBUBBLE, that's all one word, at checkout, we'll bring your books along to be collected at the show. Just ahead of Thought Bubble, on Friday the 21st of September, we're having a Thought Bubble Eve party at Travelling Man Comics in Leeds, kicking off from 7pm. That'll be a chance to meet Kat Chapman and Christina Bashinsky ahead of the show and grab some signed copies of Follow Me In and Retrograde Orbit. If you're not heading up to Thought Bubble, you'll also have a chance to meet Kat and Christina and get signed copies of their books at Gosh Comics in London on Friday the 28th of September, and that event is also starting at 7pm. Our store spotlight this month is on Travelling Man, who will be hosting our Thought Bubble Eve party at their flagship store in Leeds on the Friday night before the show. They also have branches in Manchester, York and Newcastle, and all of them pride themselves as being very welcoming, friendly places that have great selections of comics and games. You can find out more about them at www.travellingman.com, and you can follow them on Twitter, at TravellingManUK. And now, here's some information on another comics podcast you may enjoy. Need a podcast all about comics topics, reviews, and just general chit-chat? Then join David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadakat, Giuseppe Lambertino, and me, Tom Stewart, at That Comic Smell. You can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes, and on Twitter and Instagram at That Comic Smell. Pull up a chair and join us. And here's the first part of our chat between Kat and Liz. Hey, Kat. Hi. <laughs> so just in case anyone else is listening apart from Kat, I'm Elizabeth, Elizabeth Querstrut. I create basically whatever's in my head. Lots of comics that are autobiographical. For a long time, I was doing a online comic that I would put two up a week about just silly things that have happened to me. And then I've just done other bits and pieces, which quite often are animal-based, like animals in a matchbox, animals talking on their mobile phones. And um, I'm just addicted to making whatever comes up in my crazy brain. I'm Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi. (laughs) I work for Avery Hill. I do a bit of marketing and stuff for them. And I'm also a comic creator. And my book with them is coming out soon. So that's the main thing that's that yeah I've been involved with lately. But before that, I did lots of self-publishing and zines and things. So we've probably been at a lot of the same events and things around London and stuff. Talking about that, I think that's a good starting point. I think um, I probably saw you at some events. And when I started out, I was just scared to talk to anyone and um, I always thought you were just way too cool to talk to. <laughs> oh, God. But looking back now, it's interesting. We probably have crossed paths quite a few times. Yeah. How long have you been doing comics for? Gosh, I'm really, really bad with, with dates and knowing how long ago things were. <laughs> 
but a good a good few years well I was an illustrator first and I was doing children's books and stuff like that which I didn't I never really enjoyed very much See, um, I really wanted to ask you about that too so we're going to come back to that in yes, a minute okay but probably comics maybe comics only for the last three years or so oh wow um because the first thing I really wanted to well I've been wanting to do this um travel book which is the book that's Mm. coming out next month and I started talking to Ricky at Avery Hill about it before I even worked for them I just approached him as a publisher to and to get some input on my ideas and he politely suggested that maybe I should make some shorter comics first because I'd really done very little. Ricky is very good at being incredibly polite and diplomatic he is, with yeah. telling it like it is. Yes, yeah. His advice is always spot on yeah. and always delivered very <laughs> tactfully. I mean, if you have some conversations with him outside comics, he can be very blunt, um, <laughs> which is quite lovable. Yeah. But with comics, he's very good at giving accurate advice. Yeah. So you started off then making short ones. Yeah, that's when I started doing the zine, which was another project I'd wanted to do for a while, which was just an ongoing zine called Cat Zine, where uh, I think the first year I did four... And then the next mm-hmm. two years, I did two every six, so one every six months, um, because I was I slowed down because I was working on the book. I have a lot I want to ask you about Catzine as well. Okay. <laughs> so that I I had pictured you had been on the scene longer because you've been so prolific and you've done so much. I, I remember ages back seeing your beautiful drawings of the foxes through the window into yeah. the garden. Yeah, I did a few little zines that weren't really particularly comics as such before I got properly into comics oh, and the fox one was one yeah the, I think that was the second one I did what what you were saying about um seeing me there and assuming that I've been doing it for ages I've had the exact same thing with other people do you know Katie Green yes she wrote lighter than my shadow I met her at my very first comic fair and I assumed that everyone there including her had been doing it for years and then it was only later that I found out that was her very first one as well Uh, and there were loads of people exactly the same who I just thought oh I'm I'm the new one and it just yeah it just wasn't reality at all and I think that's probably really good advice to everyone who gets involved in comics yeah yeah anybody can do it and stop comparing yourself to everyone else around you everyone is there in the same boat or has been in the same boat yeah and, as, and it can be really exciting yeah and if you are at if you do go to a comic fair or something don't be scared to talk to people because <laughs> I would say most of the people sitting there are really bored and tired and having a nice yeah. chat with someone is just what you what you want most of the time Unless, I think that's good unless advice they're super busy and you're kind of butting in but most of the time you're sitting there just going oh I hope someone comes and talks to me soon. (laughs) Yeah. Being in comics, we can all be a little bit socially awkward. But on the whole, pick up on those cues. If someone looks like they really don't want a chat, maybe give them some space. But otherwise, I'd say 90% of people at those events, they're more than happy to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to go back quickly to you mentioning you started off doing illustrations for children's books yeah so first off how did you get into that and then what was it that put you off it I got into it just because I was looking for a career (laughs) when I came back from traveling which is the subject matter of my book that was a good 
like I'd had a few years of living out of the country and traveling and I came back with absolutely no idea what to do and someone just suggested illustration and I kind of thought that my style was suited to children's books because it's quite soft so that's what I tried to get into but it is incredibly hard it's competitive there's you know there's not a lot of work there um, mm -hmm. and I did okay for a, a few years but what put me off was kind of you can speed to the point be yeah <laughs> I'm just trying to work out how to how to say it I mean think Ricky Miller <laughs> okay I'll channel Ricky well the, it's it's a very kind of uh, it's an industry that knows what it wants and it wants a certain thing and you you kind of have to do that if you want to get any work and you have to be prepared to just give the client 100% what they want even if you don't like it um, which is fine that's the job but I was also interested in writing my own stories and things and it just after a while I just got a bit tired of being told exactly you know what to do and also just changing things sometimes they they would ask for changes that I really didn't like like make everyone more oh. smiley in this picture oh, God, and you no, like, no. that's frustrating <laughs> well if you if you just felt like that would that would ruin it but you just kind of have to do it so it was all that kind of thing and I, and I got an agent at one point that seemed to think that my work was really suited to religious subject matter. So I started to get a lot of Bible stories, jobs. Wow. So I, I almost want to start singing Noah's Ark songs at you. <laughs> it was just stuff like that where I was like, I'm not, I'm, this is just not what I want to be drawing. And, and part of you would say, well, I'm being paid to draw. That's got to be a good thing. But at the same time, if you're not liking it after a few yeah. years, it's just not worth carrying on. <laughs> That's quite true. You mentioned there your your style of drawing. You describe it as quite what was it soft or gentle? Did you say soft? Yeah, soft. So I would mostly agree with that, but also it's quite powerful. I was really lucky. You you let me take a sneak peek at your new your new graphic novel. Yeah, and and I've I've loved your work for so long and I'm like okay I know I'm gonna buy this so I don't want to read too much because I really like holding a comic in its actual form and enjoying the pages one by one rather than looking on a computer screen so I was like I'll just have a quick glance through it and then before I knew it I'd read 30 pages <laughs> and I was I was hooked oh, that's and good. that's good it is good, but I was frustrated because I was like, I need to read this in a book form. Um, but the style you have is so distinct. But it, it's like, I would agree it's soft in some ways and gentle, but it's also really um, creates an atmosphere. So you vary within the first few pages of your graphic novel. You vary from this really dark dingy cafe to this really inviting luscious greenery and you captured both extreme spectrums of environment and that was through your style and I think it's really powerful I wanted to know how this don't know if you can reveal the tricks of the trade but how do you go about coloring is it literally with colour pencils? Is it Photoshop? What's your actual drawing process? These days it's it's all Photoshop. When I was doing the children's books I did a lot of watercolour which was quite laborious <laughs> and expensive in terms of materials and stuff. 
and then I learned how to color in Photoshop and I really like it. I really like being able to change things because I can go a bit mad with colors and then Photoshop <laughs> lets you just dial it down once you've finished which is amazing yeah stuff like that and I guess if you make an error or something you've changed your mind on it doesn't mean you got to start over yes god yes so. <laughs> <laughs> change the layer you color digitally don't you kind of yeah mostly yes like walks with Lulu that was digital but that's a that's the thing I then wanted to question you on because I feel like I colour cowboy style I make it up as I go along and then I can see there are little errors, there's little things that bother me but I haven't quite gained the skills so where did you learn? Did you self-teach? Did you go and get someone to show you the ropes? I think initially I did a really really basic Photoshop course when I got back from my uh, travels and I was signing on for a little while, they offer you free courses and I did a really, really, really basic Photoshop one, which just teaches you what layers are and stuff like that. And then since then, I, it, I think it's just the fact that I use it all the time for all my jobs. Like I use it for to prepare things for Avery Hill, like catalogue pages and to lay stuff out and to make little graphics and things. And I sort of make my zines even when I would do 100% original art and just scan it and make it into a book I would still use Photoshop to create the pages and things so I think just using it I just learned more and more and I would google stuff occasionally and google things about coloring but it's basically I think everyone feels that you do a little bit like they're just making it up as they go along okay um, that's quite reassuring because quite often I feel like a fraudster <laughs> <laughs> well often you find some, sometimes you find that you've been doing something a really long way around and there's actually a, a super easy way to do it that's always annoying <laughs> oh it's really great but, when you learn the keyboard shortcuts yes I only know about two but um <laughs> I, I try and learn them but um yeah I'm a bit lazy about that but yeah they're really good so but, talking about drawing things basically so did you draw every single page for your new graphic novel by hand first I did yeah it was quite slow but that was because I just I just it was the one big project that I've always wanted to do and finally doing it I wanted to do it well as well as I could in the time so I drew it out roughly even that I mean when I draw rough I draw quite finished I just can't seem to help myself and everyone was kind of commenting like these roughs are not really rough yes <laughs> I Your think... sketches you put up when you went on holiday recently. I'm like, they're not sketches. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I was roughing it out to begin with. Eventually, towards the end of the 240 pages, I started to get a bit rougher. Wow. But yeah, and it took things like Ricky saying to me, you know, there's some artists that they'll send you a stick figure on a page and and that's fine <laughs> because at least, you you know, it, it, you can still understand the storytelling that's, you know, what's happening yeah. on each page. You don't need to see the finished art every time but I, I just think I, that's something about you and what it is that you need to be doing from the project well also I quite like that when you come to, if you do do your roughs quite detailed when you come to do the final art you don't have to do any thinking you're just kind of like copying it <laughs> and you've already made yep. all the decisions so you can stick tv on and just do it and you, you're not stressed at that point so I do like it for that reason like hands and things like that that are really difficult if you've already kind of done them at the rough point and got them almost right 
then when you do the yeah. final art you're not just googling hands on you know hands google images are a killer yeah hands <laughs> and cars oh god yeah yeah um so that was another thing i wanted to ask what do you use do you, for point of reference do you end up google searching I, do, I don't know yeah. hands to the left hand to the right or I do I do a lot of google searching and also I used I used to photograph my partner as a model for all my children's I... work but I've started to try and not be so tied up on getting things you know like figure reference to because you can end up making it look too kind of labored I think yeah um so I just now I just kind of I try and make it up a little bit and I'll if if it's an awkward pose I'll have to get some images or something if it's hands you can sometimes use your photograph your own hands yeah it's quite good you can use your own hands yeah um, what what do so you I, do for things like that I have a mental breakdown over it usually and I try <laughs> finding ways to avoid having to do anything too difficult <laughs> So like um, the New York zine I did, Holiday to Remember in New York, yeah, was all about what happened when I went a couple of, I think I was not February, just gone the February before. I went there with my partner for I think five, six days. And it was only when I came back and I was drawing one of the holiday photographs just for fun. And I then thought, actually, I could make like a photograph album but a diary as a memoir for like both of us to look yeah. back on what had happened. Yeah. And then I started drawing more photos. And then as I was starting drawing the photos and writing what happened, I was like, oh my goodness, now I'm going to have to draw me suffering with back pain. Well, I don't have a photograph of that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> say, so what am I going to do? How am I going to get around this? Because the back pain situation, I had a relapse on the subway. Yeah. And, um, I ended up just really embarrassingly screaming on the subway. People thought I was being attacked. And poor old Matt, my partner, was trying to support me and hold me up. Oh. And he looked like he was attacking me. Oh, God. Um, so I was thinking, how will I draw all of this? I can't. So I just thought, okay, let's just simplify it. So I ended up drawing the situation where he has to remove my boots from my legs because I can't take my shoes off. Yeah. So, when I got home and I was drawing all of this, I lay on the bed and then I took a photograph of that so I could work from it. Yeah. And then I said to him, I need a picture of us, of me like clinging onto you screaming. <laughs> and he's he's very reluctant. He's not, he's not one to throw himself in front of the camera. So he eventually agrees to this and I'm trying to reenact screaming in pain, but I'm just laughing constantly <laughs> so for the final picture I worked from it kind of does look like I'm laughing <laughs> and unlike you you've got this skill and this talent to adapt and draw with a bit more flexibility to make things up I really like having something as a point of reference when it comes to doing autobiographical things yeah I actually because I, I, I read your New York scene yesterday yeah. and I thought that was kind of powerful that moment because oh. um, when I opened to that page and I saw that image on the right hand side I did initially think oh she's laughing at something but when I got to <laughs> it and I realized that you were screaming in pain I think it had more impact because I was kind of surprised like oh my god oh amazing yeah okay. it, it was quite dramatic I thought that's nice to hear yeah but it's interesting because I 
um, I really liked that about the zine that, that a lot of the pictures were like your actual holiday photos. So it was quite, it's quite nice. It was just like looking at your your holiday photos, but much more interesting because you've got your thoughts and things running through. Yeah, it was like I guess inviting someone into my photo album. Yeah, and hear my thoughts out loud. I guess there's there's something about your work that's really um that's really appealing just because your personality comes through so much and it's so kind of relatable like the start of that one where you suddenly realize that you've got these savings that you'd completely forgotten about when I read little details like that I just think oh that's like me that's exactly the same as what I would probably do and have done in the past so it's quite scary though that someone forgets about a lump sum of money I mean (laughs) that's not particularly healthy is it it makes it sound like I'm rolling around in wads of cash that's definitely not the case. Yeah, no, but it's just forgetfulness. I've done, oh, yeah. I've done that. <laughs> I think we can all be guilty of forgetfulness. So you mentioned when we were talking about colouring in Photoshop, you mentioned Walks with Lulu, which was your book that came out with Avery Hill. I don't yeah. actually, I don't know the story of how that came about with Avery Hill. What happened? Okay, so I started making Walks with Lulu as a knock-on effect from walking the dog Lulu (laughs) and I never knew it was going to be a zine until it actually was completed it was just happily evolved from being ill and discovering this dog whilst ill and then taking her for walks and I would take her for walks every day and I would take photographs of her Mm because I just love her so much and then I would sit and stare at these photographs when I wasn't walking her Um, and then I started drawing them and then I gave one of them as a gift to the dog's owner for Christmas to say thank you for letting me walk your dog and then that got me thinking actually I quite like this I'm gonna make some more drawings and then before I knew it it just evolved to a whole set of them and then I thought oh hang on I kind of got the crux of a zine here I could do something with this and I started thinking about what I thought about whilst walking Lulu and then it all came together and then I decided to print it myself and I sent it off to lovely rich and said could you print these for me can you give me some quotes and um, not being at work that much I didn't have that much money and I was thinking oh god this is going to be costly Mm. and then rich's reply was oh wow this is beautiful this looks just up the street of avery hill oh really (laughs) have you thought about running it past them and i'm like what (laughs) avery hill like way too cool (laughs) i can't i can't go and approach them i'll feel stupid like what if they reject me or what if they say it's terrible i didn't say all of that to rich um (laughs) I said that to myself, had a debate with myself and then thought, okay, well, if I send it by email, I don't have to look at them face to face and have that conversation. (laughs) So then that was that. I sent it to the guys and they were really nice about it. And they said that they were pretty jam packed with all of their prints and stuff, but they thought they could squeeze it in between a couple of publications they were doing because it was quite a small zine. Mm-hmm. Walks of Lulu is not too long. So, yeah, very excited. They um, printed my stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Walks of Lulu is my my favourite project I've ever done. Right. Just 
because it meant so much to me. And it really was a, a huge journey, not just in a literal sense, but emotional and physical. And um, when I look at that book, it kind of also tells me about the relationships I built with Lulu and Lulu's owner, because then later on in time, I discovered her personal reasons of why it was so important to her that I walked the dog. And I don't share that in the zine because I think that's private and that's her information. But the opening pages has a quote from Of Mice and Men about you've got me and I've got you and that's why our friendship works. Yeah. It was always really open with the dog owner. We both just said, you know, we wouldn't normally be friends. We wouldn't (laughs) stop and chat to each other on the street if we saw one another. But it's the dog that's brought us together. I and mean, we both know our friendship works because we're helping each other out. Yeah. Oh. No, I think it definitely comes across when you read it that it's it was a really important thing to you. Yeah, it's, it is really powerful to read. And what I love about it is that you're the narrator of it, but you, you're never seen in the comic, in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all just from, like, looking through your eyes. <laughs> And yeah, it, it really captures the, when you walk a dog and you're just looking at it down on the ground in front of you thinking what is going through its head. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted because it's amazing when you go for a dog walk that you actually start looking at all these other things and then you do start wondering, does the dog know what I'm thinking? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sometimes, some days, I'm convinced it did. If I was feeling particularly sad she'll just be extra affectionate or yeah. she could tell if I was happy she'd be more bouncy yeah um, and so you do get wondering what's that dog thinking and you're also the way the story opens with the text message conversation sets it up really well because <laughs> you're just kind of put you're immediately put into the your position in the story it's just mm. it's just really well told I think oh thank you was that the, the thing that you've made that took the most time because you and most of your zines are black and white, which is um, a lot easier in terms of printing and a lot cheaper. So that the colouring of that must have taken a while. Yeah, yeah, that definitely was the longest project. But at the same time, I had so much free time to be making it mm. that I didn't mind. I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't too laborious or stressful. I found it quite calming. But yeah, my other zines actually don't take me all that long to make once I get my head down Hmm. Uh, the other one I wanted to ask you about was your um the zine you made when you did the hourly comics um which is where comics creators draw a comic every hour over a full Mm. day and I I've always been fascinated by that just because I'm pretty sure I couldn't I couldn't do it myself because I'm very slow and also some artists, though, if you're slow, some artists have said that they they cheat and then they draw it a bit later. Yeah, that that is a possibility. Um, <laughs> but how did you find that doing that as a, over the course of a day? Was did it become a chore or did you struggle yeah. with it? It absolutely killed me. It's partly because I'm such a nervous wreck anyway that I was stressing because I, I set myself these deadlines and I convinced myself. If I've got to do it, I need to do it. So every hour, I was just like, oh my goodness, I need to draw again. And I spent all day walking around with paper and pen. I went and popped to my parents. And then I was like, okay, I've just got to quickly go and draw for a minute. And then I was drawing as fast as I could. And I was getting agitated because I couldn't draw quickly enough. 
before it began, I thought, will I have enough to draw? Will I know what to draw? And actually, it surprised me that wasn't a problem at all, because if you've seen it, anyone who has seen it, quite a lot happened in that 24 hours. <laughs> Highly stressful. I was amazed you managed to do it, considering you were visiting people you went out in the evening to a gig because yeah. I've always thought the only way I could make that work it would have to be a day when I had literally nothing on you know like work-wise or you know uh -huh. um, but I've always thought I could probably get through maybe five or six hours of it and that I just wouldn't be able to do any more because <laughs> I no, just want to stop <laughs> you would definitely surprise yourself you'd be more capable than you think um but another reason i reckon i coped okay with it is because of the style that i was drawing in it's the the style that i did my web comics in which are really quick sketchy they're quite clumsy and energetic they're not carefully thought through drawings mm. um and i think when you do the 24 hour if you do the 24 hour you should do the 24-hour. Maybe let yourself go a bit and don't get too hung up on all of the precision, which might be yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah, that, that is tough for me. Um, but I think that's why uh, comic artists enjoy that challenge because it forces yeah. you to be loose. Yeah. And also, people always say I'm amazed at, that I was just able to produce that much work in that space of time it's good to challenge yourself sometimes Christina Bazinski have I said that right her 24 hour ones are amazing mm. I mean I'm in love with her full stop which sounds very creepy um, <laughs> but everything she does is just beautiful yeah. and creative but her 24 hour ones I think are excellent and even if you can't take part in drawing them it's really nice seeing what everyone does yeah it is some people are so creative with the way they approach it as well mm. yeah I, I maybe one year I'll get the courage <laughs> to do it it but does yeah, get her... you thinking outside the box a bit yeah. which is a cliche and it is really true and hard to make it interesting as well because you a lot of people say that they end up just every hour is just drawing themselves thinking what am I going to draw for the, the last but hour somewhere, somewhere within that hour there will be something that you personally found interesting yeah and let's face it usually the most mundane basic things are quite often the most beautiful and interesting things yeah that's really what I enjoy reading wise as well is is kind of small details mundane details mm -hmm. in people's lives I really enjoy yeah that. We, we all say, oh, nothing interesting happened today. But actually, when we stop and think about it, all those mundane things are the really nice things we take comfort from. And it can be nice to celebrate those. Yeah. So people who are tempted by the 24-hour shouldn't downplay too much that they've got nothing interesting to say because I'm sure they do. Yeah. And also, <laughs> you, you see them often where people have just had to stop at a certain point. And I think that's <laughs> fine because they, at least they did some of it I think that's yeah really good it's it's frustrating though if you can't meet a target that you've had in mind I think you just need to be more forgiving and yeah don't give yourself a hard time if you decide to call it a day yeah trust your instincts and say that's fine yeah either just stop or like you said you could come back to it later and finish it off mm. it's a really it's a really interesting challenge I can't remember when it is is it February time yeah I can't remember either 
I don't know how think, people do it when they when they like if it's a work day and they have a job yeah. I don't know how that's, it's possible that's been my definite no no I would do it again if it was on a weekend and it was a weekend where I didn't have like crazy amounts of plans already mm, yeah okay mm. I'll have to look up when the next one is yeah I, I challenge you to give it a go oh god okay <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Kat and Liz for that, and thank you for listening. See you next month. This show is a Holdfast Network production. Go to holdfastnetwork.com for other programs you may enjoy.